Welcome to Genia Conversations, Redefining Healthcare. I'm your host, Andrea Durkin. Today I'm talking with Genia's chief data scientist, Fred Ramanian. We're talking about artificial intelligence, model interpretability, and explainability. If you enjoy our conversation, follow us wherever you get your podcast to learn more about Genia and how technology and analytics are improving healthcare. Let's get started. Well, welcome, Fred. I'm so glad you were able to join us today. All right, so let's turn to our topic today, which is model interpretability. And can you tell me what that is? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Model interpretability is very important in many domains, especially in domains requiring you know, high-stakes decision um, that may impact hundreds of thousands or even millions of people. Some example domains are, include um, that can actually benefit from model interpretability are, for instance, healthcare, um, medicine, criminal justice, um, and financial organizations where they make uh, loan application decisions or things like that. Now, to answer the original question, what is model interpretability then? Um, it is essentially our ability to understand the cause and effect from a machine learning model. What caused that produce this effect within the model. And that's uh, what we refer to as the interpretability of the model. Some models are black boxes um, where we actually can't tell why, how it arrived at a particular conclusion. Uh, other models are inherently interpretable and that make them a lot easier to understand without any extra work. Fred, can you tell me why interpretability is important? Um, yeah, I think uh, to understand why interpretability is important, we should discuss how it can actually help us. So um, number one is it can actually facilitate debugging of a model. For instance, let's say I have a computer vision uh, model that tries to identify um, whether if a picture is of a picture of a husky or a wolf. You know, they kind of look similar. Um, and then I uh, notice that it's selected it marked a, a wolf as husky, a Siberian husky. And the question is, I want to know why. So as a developer of the model, I want to know where it went wrong or what factors did it use? What caused it in order to actually say that this is a wolf instead of a, a Siberian husky? And in one example that you hear people talk about all the time is what the background of the picture was snow. And so the snow and in relationship to Siberian and the way Siberian Huskies are used, it may have um, led the model to conclude that this is actually, even though it looks like a, uh, a wolf, but it must be a Siberian Husky. So that's one example. We use, we use interpretability in debugging our own models because we want to know why did it arrive at the wrong answer, and hopefully that will give us some clue in terms of how to fine-tune the model to make it better. So that's one example. Now, it can also help with bias detection. And bias detection is, let's say we want to, we have a model that tries to select a candidate for a particular job. And if it's consistently or more often than not selecting um, a, uh, um, a male candidate over a female candidate, we want to know why. We want to know if, uh, if there is a bias that's introduced in either in the data or in the model. So the interpretability allows us to see how the model arrived at that conclusion. 
Um, and was it because of the because of the bias? And that's something we would determine. And the third one is understanding, for instance, recourse for those who are adversely affected by a model, right? So if a model comes back and says, uh, we have to deny your application, um, be your loan application, then we want to be able to tell that particular person why if they were denied. So it could be that your credit score was too low or, you know, you had recent late payments or you, um, you don't have enough credit. So that's also important because uh, a person who uh, is impacted wants to understand if there are any recourse to, to fix the issue. Um, it can also uh, help us assess when to trust the model's prediction. And, and this is where healthcare, you know, comes into play. Um, an example of that is, you know, uh, if I said that a particular patient is being impacted or is going to be at risk more than another patient, I need to be able to explain why. The model needs to be able to say that. And if it's wrong too often or it has the wrong reasons, um, it will cause, um, you know, lack of trust in the model. So in order to, un to build the trust in the model, it's important for the users to be able to interpret the output of the model, the results of the model. So that's another case where interpretability is very important. Now, um, and lastly, um, it, it helps us to vet the model to see if it's actually now suitable for deployment, right? So if we can do all of those things that we said, if we can debug it, if we can identify if there are any biases in there, if we could identify uh, that it gives us enough information to provide um, uh, explanations uh, for recourse or why a model was uh, selecting a particular reason, uh, was having a certain output. All of those um, help us identify or understand if the model is ready for deployment now. So why is it important in healthcare? So in healthcare, as you know, you know we have, uh, again, the decisions are very important within healthcare because they impact um, the patients and the health of the patient. So in, uh, and also in, in healthcare, it's important for us um, to have interpretable model in order to gain the confidence of the clinicians, right? So when we tell a clinician that this is what we feel is going to happen, or when we tell uh, a care manager that this, this particular patient is at high risk for a particular condition, um, we need to be able to point out why um, or make it obvious for them to understand this, that, that this particular patient needs extra attention. If we can't do that uh, and we end up being wrong, which models can be wrong, then the, um, the clinicians will quickly lose confidence in the model. Um, so that's an example of why healthcare is uh, especially uh, important when it comes to uh, model interpretability and understanding the model. So I've heard the terms explainability and interpretability, and I wonder if they are the same thing, or, and if they're not, how are they different? Um, yeah, that's a very good question. So um, as I mentioned earlier, interpretability is about our ability to um, determine cause and effect from a model. Now, the explainability is our understanding of what features within the model represent um, and represent and how important it is uh, to model performance. 
Um, so to answer your original question, they're not the same. And when it comes to explainability, we have the ability, we want to have the ability to look at individual features that a model looked at and identify how important each one of these features are in terms of feature importance. So um, that's a bit different than I'm trying to understand what caused what within a model. And that's the distinction between interpretability and explainability. And just for our audience, um, features are variables, correct? Right. Features, very good point. Sometimes, I mean, you hear all the scientists refer to it as features, but in reality, features are essentially inputs into the model. The information we give the model and we ask it from that model information, make a decision, those are the features. And in terms of explainability, we want to know how did the model actually look at these, each one of those features and how, which one of them it considered to be more important than others, or how did it rank from importance? And, um, and then that allows us to see how impactful each feature was for explaining this particular model. And so that is really where you take model explainability and turn it into what you counsel the patient to do something different to potentially change the outcome. Yes. So the feature would, would say, for instance, it say that for this particular model, um, the and let's say we're talking about type 2 diabetes. For this particular model, your A1C lab result is the best indicator of if you are pre-diabetic or not. And then second most important thing is your BMI, right? So then in that case, you would say, well, the A1C, I can't any do anything directly about that. That's the lab result. Um, but the second one, which is BMI, will impact A1C. So in order to lower A1C, I'm going to lower BMI. As a clinician, you would know this. So you would cancel them for, um, for weight. Um, or if BMI, it turns out to be the second highest, but in this particular case, this patient's BMI is not very high. Then the next thing is, well, what's the third most important? And you go down the list. Or the clinician at that point may say, okay, I see the most important thing was A1C and the rest of the factors seem to be normal, then maybe we'll just start some sort of drug therapy to bring that down because there's maybe some metabolic issue. Um, and that's what they would do. I wonder then, how does the GDI lab address interpretability in its models? So when you talk about in interpretability, there are two things, two ways of actually trying to understand um, model interpretability. One is you actually uh, first try to create models that are inherently interpretable. And these are usually models that are simpler uh, and are usually, uh, their algorithms are simpler and they're therefore easier to understand. Typically, a regression model is like that. Models that have smaller number of features. So for instance, we make a point in all of our models to reduce the number of features. So come up with the most accurate model we can come up with with the least number of features. And, and features are essentially, remember, it are inputs into the model. The more parameters you pass to the model, the more features you pass to the model, uh, the more interactions, and, uh, and it may be more interactions uh, among those features, and it may make it harder to interpret for our customers. So, um, so first is try to build a model that is inherently interpretable, but also accurate. Obviously, that's not always possible, and it's not always the easiest thing to do. So at that point, um, we use what's called a, a post hoc method. 
post hoc methods are essentially methods where by which you take your model that you've created and um, and you use some sort of post hoc methods and and you know the example of that if uh, uh, your listeners are interested in in finding out more about them are Lime and Shackley are two of the bigger ones but there are many many mores out there for different purposes and each one of them um, has uh, a slightly different advantage or are used for different purposes but we use Lime and, and Shapley to tell us uh, or these post hoc methods um, to look at the model and then essentially exercise these models and come back and say the reason this model selected this answer was because of this so the nice thing about these post hoc methods is that in many cases they also work with um, uh, black box models because they're independent of the model themselves. No matter what algorithms you use, you can still use those uh, these post hoc methods to understand the model. So um, that's why um, we so we don't if we find that uh, we can't create a model that's inherently easy to understand because it's very complex, for instance, and uh, and or we can get better accuracy significantly better accuracy by having more complex models, then in those cases we use these post hoc methods to try to understand how the model arrived at this conclusion and try to interpret the output of the model. Well, thanks, Fred. I really appreciate you coming on and talking to our Genia podcast listeners about model interpretability. It's certainly a topic of, of big interest around AI, and I hope you'll come back and talk to us again soon. Sure. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you to Fred Ramadian and to you for joining us. If you enjoyed our discussion and want to hear more like it, subscribe to Genia Conversations on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The views, information, or opinions expressed by the guests of Genia Conversations Redefining Healthcare are their own and do not necessarily represent the policy or position of Genia LLC. Many thanks for listening.